the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tired of the negative news and flashover substance? It's time for Today with Dr. Wendy. Dr. Wendy Patrick is a trial attorney, patriot, and PhD with a passion for people and a penchant for politics. Dr. Wendy brings you the headlines, streamlined news you can use. It's time to be informed, engaged, and entertained. Now, here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Today with Dr. Wendy. What a week it has been. Let's say a little a little bit of something for everybody this week, which is a wonderful thing. I guess that describes a typical news week on the other hand as well. We have a very special guest with us on tonight. Larry, who do we have on the line? Today's guest, Wendy, is Colonel Retired John Mills, U.S. Army. He is a national security professional with service in five eras, the Cold War, and then that time after the Cold War, known as the Peace Dividend. And then he was there when the war, we were fighting the war on terror. And then after that, the world in chaos. And now he's uh, involved with the great power showdown and the fight to save our republic. He is the former director of cybersecurity, policy, strategy, and international affairs at the Department of Defense. John is now a senior fellow at the Center for Security Policy. John has just come out with a new book titled War Against the Deep State that we will be discussing tonight. Welcome to the program, Colonel Mills. Hey, Larry. Thank you. An honor to be uh, on the show with you. You know, the phrase, the deep state, is one I think most of us have heard about by now. But what is the deep state? How did it develop? And why do you think the deep state seems to be hell-bent on trying to curtail the freedoms of the American people. Well, so, yeah, the, the, the book goes through the foundation of the mass surveillance state uh, and the program that uh, I was a part of along with a number of others in 2007 and 2014. That was the glue that really stuck together the, the fourth, fifth, and sixth branches of government that have developed Fourth being the administrative state, loosely based on the 1946 uh, uh, Administrative Procedures Act. That's how uh, rule uh, laws become regulations. The next is the is the fusion and collusion of uh, federal law enforcement, federal intelligence, um, and big tech. And then the uh, the next one is uh, uh, the nonprofit, the IRS uh, 501. Um, C3s um, that, uh, uh, you know, the poster child is really a UPenn Biden Center, which we can't find the IRS Form 990 for, but they've become, all of these have become weaponized against the American people. And it's two other factors that I think helped lead to this point in time was the 2013 Smith Moot Law Update passed in a bipartisan fashion. And that was really about the, uh, that was really about, you could take U.S. government information that in the past, uh, an old Cold War era law was that you could only point that outward toward non-U.S. public audiences. 
Well, 2013, Smith-Moon says, hey, we got all this great government information. Let's start turning it around and aiming it at the American people. What could possibly go wrong here? And then also, but then it's kind of set up the uh, predicate that uh, this U.S. government information is perfect and unassailable. And anybody who questions it uh, is is suspect. And then you got the uh, 2018 executive order signed by Trump. Uh, I think it was I think he was tricked into signing this. But this created the Foreign Influence Task Force to protect from foreign influence in elections. Uh, September of 2018. Um, Isn't that interesting? So that Mm. created the Foreign Influence Task Force by the FBI. So anybody who would question an election and again, U.S. government information was now they obviously must be under foreign influence. Hence, they can be surveilled. And that ties in the creation of the mass surveillance system. So all of these things have come together. Your your career bureaucrats. I was a career bureaucrat, uh, you know, um, and, uh, you know, know, along with being uniformed military, I was a career bureaucrat. Um, But then that created this this culture, this institution of of, hey, you cannot quite a vaccine can't question it or origins of the vaccine can't question it. Efficacy of the uh, of, or, or origins of the virus can't question it. All these matters, you know, because obviously or, you, know, you don't like the way the election went and you question it. You must be under foreign influence. Hence, you can you can fall under under mass surveillance. So this is this is absolutely out of control. So we have we have all of these factors that have converged to create a weaponized government, and we just need more and more people inside a government to rise up. And all eyes on the Missouri and Louisiana case, it's going to be decided in the spring by the Supreme Court. All important. If this case goes correctly, it's going to be a huge opportunity to uh, take down a number of these unlawful activities uh, and seek remedy and damages. Supreme Court allows continued surveillance. Yikes. Bad day. That's interesting. Now, the, um, did you say Missouri and Louisiana case? Yeah, yeah. This is the Missouri and Louisiana attorney generals. Uh, this is about essentially, uh, you know, whether uh, you know, Matt, Matt Taibbi's uh, uh, Twitter leaks helped uh, helped reveal this. Uh, okay. And the, uh, this is, you know, this is Special Agent Elvis Chan, uh, his supervisor, Laura Demlo at the Foreign Influence Task Force. That are taking, you know, lists of names to big tech and saying, hey, these are the Americans we want you to target, silence and censor. Mm. And, you know, and this information flow went both ways. So these big tech companies are going, oh, yeah, well, you forgot about this person. What about this person? And they go, oh, we didn't even know about them. So, uh, yeah, so this is, this is very, very uh, insidious. Um, and it's just pray for a proper turn of events when the Supreme Court rules in the spring on this matter. Interesting. Now, you mentioned the fourth, fifth and sixth branch of government. And I think maybe the fifth was like uh, big tech. Would you also uh, include in that the media, big media? I mean, the TV, it it seems like they were so favorable to one side. Yes. So I think as things have evolved, legacy big media has really become, in my view, has really become subsumed into big tech. I think in many ways they are subordinate to big tech. Okay. So uh, I, I, that's where I place big tech because 
in book one, I went over the four corners of defeat in modern America, and that's big government, uh, big finance, big uh, big tech, and big pharma. Interesting. Now, I, I note in the first chapter of your book, you talk about the importance of moms in the fight to protect kids in the culture war that we find ourselves in. Why are mothers so important in this fight? Well, they've shown to be the most passionate activists and most compelling activists uh, because both in book one and book two, I talk about this, that the answer to sweeping out the legs from under the deep state, it's all our constitutional public republic is based upon counties and county equivalents. We have roughly 3,300 county county equivalents in America. It's all about clean governance, and it's showing up to these these seven common governance functions might be called different titles, might have slightly different roles and responsibilities between, but all 3,300 counties have these seven common governance functions, and that's school board, county council or city council, um, election board, registrar in Arizona, they're called recorders, for example, um, sheriffs, judges, and prosecutors, and moms are the tip of the spear in showing up to these meetings and letting it rip when you get open mic. And this is where you've, they've shown leadership to get involved because everybody gets mad at the national level and they want to, they want to, they want to uh, get, get angry on social media and say all these things on social media about the DC swamp, which is bad and deserves, de- deserves to be deconstructed, but it wanted to exist in, uh, without dirty counties that ensure bad governance at the federal level. So we got to get better and better. And, and the 24 election, again, and no, no, everything I say is just personal observation, opinion does not represent any group or organization, but it's always about, um, um, you know, for the 24 election, I say this in an absolutely nonpartisan manner, is it's all about uh, Maricopa County in Arizona, Fulton County in in Philadelphia, that's going to determine the fate of the nation unless other states uh, change or uh, those states, uh, or the other counties in those states do something different to essentially uh, counter the the uh, election malfeasance and malappropriation that goes on in Maricopa, Fulton, and Philadelphia. Interesting. One of my biggest concerns, and you've already touched on it, is that the deep state or the radical left, as I like to call them, will do anything to ensure they gain and retain their power. One of the areas I'm most worried about is election fraud. And again, you've touched on that. How do we fight against it with these voter machines and the extending the period of time when people can turn in their ballots, mail-in ballots? I'm especially concerned about the 2024 presidential election next November. How do we counter that at this point in time? Because time is running out. It's getting short. Well, okay. Everybody needs to get involved again at the county level. And you see every, you know, the, the voting system in America is based essentially on county, county equivalents. In Virginia, I'm a Virginia resident. We have roughly 100 counties and 33 cities, which are county equivalents, okay? It's those activists in those 133. I mean, I may not like what's going on in Maricopa. 
I, I'm not I'm not a resident. I don't I don't have standing. It's Maricopa resident. So, Larry, where do you where do you live at? We live in I, I live in San Diego, California. And yeah. uh, but uh, we've been following Georgia and uh, Arizona and yeah. all the shenanigans. Yeah. Don't go. Don't don't worry about it. You've got to worry. Everybody has got to worry about right where they live. Good don't point. don't spend time getting angry about Maricopa. Uh, don't spend time getting angry about Fulton or Philadelphia. You guys got to take care of you got a lot got a lot of problems in uh, in California. We do. That comes, yep. Well, you know, but that started because it, what what was once a deep red uh, state with a lot of deep red counties, people just gave up and just assumed somebody else was taking care of the process. And guess what? Somebody else was taking care of the process because we did not get involved. Exactly. We're running a little bit short on time. So your new book, again, is War Against the Deep State. Now, your new, new book is out, right? And it's available on all the usual places, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, as well as waragainstthedeepstate.com. Yes, yes, yes. Perfect. Thank you so much, John. And, and God bless you and keep up the great work. Hey, folks, don't touch that dial. We will be right back after this short break. We have an incredible guest that I think most of you, if not all of you, know about. She's an actress. Uh, she's been on TV, movies. She's written books and so forth. So hang on. Come back, please. News cycle lowlights have no place here. You're listening to the headline highlights on Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. Since 1991, the nonprofit National Law Center for Children and Families has been fighting to protect children from sexual exploitation. The National Law Center offers the latest investigative training techniques to police, probation officers, and prosecutors on fighting sexual predators and human traffickers. The NLC also offers human trafficking awareness training to members of the public. Schedule a training for your church or organization today by visiting nationallawcenter.org. That's nationallawcenter.org. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamline. It's time for more Today with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Welcome back to Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick, and my co-host Larry Dersham and I have a terrific second half of the show for you. Larry, who do we have on the line? Victoria Jackson is an actress and comedian and Saturday Night Live legend who has just released a music comedy album titled When I Get to Nashville that includes 19 hilarious songs plus some stand-up about landing in Music City where she's determined to find her way to the Grand Ole Opry stage. The album also features a cameo from fellow SNL star Rob Schneider. In addition to her new album, she has then just released a Christmas comedy called Jingle Smells opposite John Schneider, Eric Roberts, and fellow SNL star Jim Brewer that was produced by Logan Sekolo and Sean Hannity. Welcome to the show, Victoria. So wonderful to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Victoria, Jingle Smells. I'm sure that, that's, uh, that there's going to be a lot of people that want to know what that's about. <laughs> but I well, do have to say... Let me let me ask when you were on Saturday when you were on Saturday Night Live. In addition to doing some great comedy skits, everybody grew up with Saturday Night Live. You incorporated into a number of those skits some amazing gymnastics routines. How in the world did you learn how to do that? That's terrific. Well, my father was a women's gymnastics coach, and so my whole childhood was spent in a gym or competing in a meet. 
And I didn't, I didn't really want to do it. It was a family business, and he told me I was genetically <laughs> inferior for gymnasts. Oh. And, but then when I was a teenager, I thought, what am I going to do with all this training? There's nothing you can do with it except become a coach, and I did not want to become a coach. And then when I was starting to do stand-up comedy in L.A. in 1980, I was trying to make up a six-minute act to try to get on Johnny Carson, and I oh. thought, well... I thought, well, I can play the ukulele, I can write poems and songs, and I can hold a handstand. So I mixed it all together, and I got on Johnny Carson. That's that's fantastic. You know, you, Victoria, you're a TV star, a movie star, a stand-up comedian, and a musician where you sing and play the ukulele. And I'm curious, how did you first get the acting and entertainment bug? When did that happen? Probably, hey, good question. It probably happened when I was three and my dad put me on the stage at Camp Ocala. It was an all-Jewish camp, and we were the only Gentiles. Um, so we did. We learned Baruch Adonai Eloheinu, and um, I was. He made me sing. I'm a little teapot, and <laughs> I think that gave me the bug. Okay, so Victoria, besides your acting, comedic, and musical accolades. I've also heard you're a Christian and a conservative, and you know we hear so many stories coming out of, Hall of, out of Hollywood, the music industry, the acting industry. I would love for our listeners to know how you succeeded in holding on to your Christian values while becoming a star in the entertainment mm-hmm. industry. Oh, good question. Well, when I was six, I was raised in a Southern Baptist church and home. Three times a week we were at church. The rest of the days we were in the gym. And we did not have a television. And um, my dad was a Baptist deacon, but he was also in vaudeville before he became a dad. So he had a trampoline in the backyard, a balance beam bars. He juggled. He loved show business. And so how did I hold on to my faith? Okay, so when I was a teenager, he goes, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, I don't know. And he said, if you could be anything, what would you be? And I said, Maria and the Sound of Music, because we were allowed to see G movies at the theater. And I said, I want to marry the captain and live in a mansion with seven children in matching outfits and play the ukulele on the mountain and harmonize. And he said, hmm, it sounds like an actress. And I said, oh, I never thought of that. And then he said, I don't recommend it because show business and Christianity don't mix very well. But if that's what you want to be, give it 100%. And so that was my father's advice. So I kind of um, kind of stumbled into some auditions. And, you know, um, I my faith in Jesus never changed. I mean, I just looked at every day and every opportunity as a mission field, because when I was six, I asked Jesus to come into my heart and be my Savior, and when I was eight, I went forward at church when they gave the sermon about whom shall I send, who will go, and in Isaiah, and I went forward and said, I'll go, I'll tell the world the gospel, and so when I was at Saturday Night Live, walking down the hallway one day, I thought, huh. This is my mission field. And my father was a good example because when he was a coach, I remember one time in the gym, he asked me to come over and he was talking to Maureen Fowler, one of his gymnasts, who's about 12. 
And he goes, Dickie, will you quote John 3.16 for Maureen? And I go, oh, okay. My dad could never remember names or anything. And I quoted John 3.16. I said, don't, he said, Maureen's Catholic. I said, Catholics don't know John 3.16. Hmm. And then um, Maureen just said, I've never heard that before. Cut to 20 years later. She was 36 years old. I'm not good with math, so forget the numbers. <laughs> but, but when she was 36, I was at a comedy club in North Carolina, and she and someone said, there's a lady here who said she knows you from childhood. She has a hat on. So she comes up to me. She had a hat on and a wig on. And we go in the custodian closet so we could hear each other. And she takes the hat off and the wig off. And she said, Vicky, I have, I have can- breast cancer. And she was bald, and she was doing chemo. And mm. she said, I just wanted to know if you could get me in touch with your dad because I wanted to thank him because he's the first person who ever told me about Jesus. Wow. Yeah. And so I hooked, I gave her his phone number, and we uh, sent Bible verses to her as she died that year. Uh. Very young age. And I got breast cancer eight years ago and survived so mm. far. But, wow. um, yeah, so my dad was a good example of, you know, Jesus made us um, unique, and we can use that for his glory. Absolutely. Uh, Victoria, could you tell us a little bit about your new comedy album called, it's titled, When I Get to Nashville, and also a little bit about your latest movie, Jingle Smells, just a little bit okay. about those. Thank you. Well, thank you for letting me. Um I was uh, moved to Nashville 11 years ago. My husband retired from his police helicopter job in Miami, our hometown. And it was a no-brainer. We're like, where are we going to retire? Where our children live. So we came to Nashville where our two daughters and three grandchildren are. And um, when I was driving up here in my white pickup truck, I thought... When I get to Nashville, I'm going to make rounds. I'll do a show on Music Row or Tootsie's Orchid Lounge. And I started thinking of this song. And then I realized, hey, I'm a songwriter. Nashville's the songwriting capital. I belong there. And then I realized that I had written songs in my 20s that got on Johnny Carson. Songs like Use Me, because I was an out-of-work actress and the boyfriend song because I was looking for a husband. And in my 30s, I wrote songs like Where Do You Draw the Line Between Love and Adultery um, and songs like I'm Not a Bimbo, and I sang those on Saturday Night Live. And then when I was trapped in the suburbs of Miami where there was no showbiz opportunities, I wrote songs like Nobody Respects the Suburbanite. I think you settled for the lowest form of life. And then I thought, hey, I'll try to, I'll have three goals in my golden years, because I'm 64. Uh, uh, My goals, my new goals will be to get on the, um, to make us a music album of my songs. Number two, hear them on the radio. And number three, get to sing them at the Grand Old Opry. So I have a couple Yes, two of those three. And now my last goal is to sing at the Opry, and I want to be the next mini pearl. Oh, that's pretty ambitious. You know, um, we're almost at the end of our show, but how do our listeners learn more about you and the work that you've done? Well, victoriajackson.com 
or uh, my Instagram is Victoria Jackson Official. And um, yeah, I my dad taught me to be creative, but I also put a Bible verse in my CD. And then about the movie Jingle Smells, it's a comedy about political correctness. And I had a very small part, but it was very funny and very fun. I play a raging, screaming liberal activist. Oh my gosh! Wow! And is oh. that is that in the theaters? Where do people? How can we watch that? Oh, I it, I think I know it's on Rumble. Okay. I don't know where else it is, but um, yeah, I know it's there. It came out on Thanksgiving, so. Well, that is just terrific, Victoria. We want to thank you so much for joining us. What a, a, a lively discussion we've just had. You're a breath of fresh air. I love all the. And you know what? Comedy is fun, and it's good, clean fun, from what I understand, at least the kind that you do. So thank you for taking some time out and, and joining us today. Well, Larry, I have to say it's uh, it's refreshing to hear about some clean comedy, and I know that the clean comedy is really funny. And it's a she talks about G-rated movies. You and I grew up with G-rated movies. I mean, there were some real good ones we saw, right? Oh yeah, I can remember, like for example, the Ten Commandments. That was literally in a theater for an yes. entire year. And Ben Hur, all kind of these faith-based movies. I miss those, and I hope this new movie that she's involved in, Jingle Smells, will have that same effect. <laughs> And be a classic. Oh, the name just cracks me up, but okay. We want to thank you, our listeners. You're listening to Today with Dr. Wendy. Headlines of the Silver Linings. Thank you for joining us, and have a blessed week. We'll see you next Saturday. Thank you for joining us for Today with Dr. Wendy. You can learn more about Dr. Wendy and how to become a guest or sponsor of the show by visiting wendypatrickphd.com. That's wendypatrickphd.com. Tune in every week at this same time as Dr. Wendy will engage and inspire you with an upbeat viewpoint on the highlights of the day. This has been Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. Since 1991, the nonprofit National Law Center for Children and Families has been fighting to protect children from sexual exploitation. The National Law Center offers the latest investigative training techniques to police, probation officers, and prosecutors on fighting sexual predators and human traffickers. The NLC also offers human trafficking awareness training to members of the public. Schedule a training for your church or organization today by visiting nationallawcenter.org. That's nationallawcenter.org. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.